Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 26 of uh, The Voice of Yamato and um, it is currently 21.57 and we're recording this 22nd of April four days away from my brother's birthday we just uh, celebrated my girlfriend's grandfather's birthday he turned 71 today. We were in his uh, garden. In Swedish we call a place like that a colony lot. I don't know how that translates, but basically it's just a garden with like a garden house that you have. And uh, it was very nice. We made uh, shashlik. I started a fire and uh, so like a coal grill, you know cold grill I started the fire and uh, we made shashlik which is pretty much just meat on skewers it's, it's just meat on skewers and we had uh, olivier which is like a salad with potato and eggs and mayo and so forth and then a, a salad with feta cheese and tomatoes and cucumber and uh, and all that, all of that jazz you know and uh then there was a bunch of other stuff, you know. We raised a glass in, in the honor of um, my girlfriend's grandfather. He's you know, always super nice to me. We have a good relationship. I'm happy about that, you know. I'm very close to my girlfriend's family. And then there was uh, an additional announcement that was so nice, you know. So my, my my girlfriend's aunt, which is she's pretty much the, the same age, they grew up together. They're pretty much sisters. They just announced as well that they're having a child. You know, also crazy. You know, there was a bunch of other good news too. You know, generally it's been a you know very positive day. You know, one of those days you you're gonna remember. You know, for sure. It was very nice, and now we're here. We are here. And we're talking. You know, the last time we did this, you know, I understand people were not so happy, right? Uh, I always get clipped by this one channel and um, people say that I say nothing. And I, I, I get that, you know. Often I do say nothing. I speak with generalities. I'm, I'm very vague because I, I don't want to cross any boundaries of, um, you know, what could be considered a conflict of interest, Right. For me to make my content more interesting and, um, you know, for me to get views and so forth uh, at the cost of um, revealing things that could be potentially, you know, damaging or, or in any shape or form, you know, uh, bad <laughs> for either my players, the organization or for myself. I refrain from saying it, even if there's a 1% chance, right? Even if there's just a one percent chance, I, I I try to stay very clear, and uh, that makes listening to me sometimes very boring, right? And I get that, and I, I I understand that completely. But this is a choice that I actively make, because at the end of the day, my priority is my coaching job, and 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 that's it. And the only thing that I can really add is that I I am not happy with my own personal performance and how 
I got the group to work together. We we were always tested, right? And there were moments in time where things worked and we were very good. But coming into the last week, you know, you get tested the hardest, you know, when you get into those best of fives. And what I built up in terms of uh, what the group was, uh, wasn't enough coming into the end. And I have to rethink all of it, you know? I have to rethink all of it. So I, I, I blame myself and um, I've done a lot of reflecting. And um, on my end, I've already, already learned so much, you know? And as long as I keep getting the opportunity to, to try my best, I will continue to do so. And uh, coming into the next summer split, there's, I always get asked the question if changes are coming. I don't want to make any changes. This wasn't a roster problem. This was just, uh, you know, a problem of us not being together enough and not being a strong enough group to... to just fight through the issues that we faced, you know, as a group. Because individually, everyone's great. And now we have a lot of time to rethink and... You know, if you begin to replace players the moment you have issues, you know, you uh, you put yourself in a position where, you know, like different issues appear. You know, every dynamic, the moment you switch one person out is going to be different. And now we have a lot of information on this dynamic and we can set the right expectations and make the right decisions from, from day one and uh, approach the next challenges that we will face in summer split in a, in a better fashion, in a more prepared fashion. Because in the end, we have uh, a very strong roster. And that's all I can say, right? That's all I can say. Maybe in the future, you know, uh, when we look back at those games and uh, we uh, look through history, you know, I look back at my own history, then maybe there will be a, a larger conversation. But now it's, you know, still relevant to what we're going to do in summer. And uh, that's important. As a separate note, I am very sad about the fact that uh, Paula and Elias uh, felt forced to, to reveal additional information. I think everyone can do a lot better with just more empathy in their life. And... Um, it is strange, you know, how the esports community is so used to, you know, it's so used to having all of the information available to it and how personalities are so close to everything. But even though the proximity of the fans and, 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 and the people within esports is so close, people are completely forgetting the idea of, of humanity. And it was disappointing how, how in my mind, like how, how, how Doublelift handled it, like how many people handled it, you know. It was in a very childish manner, and people forget, you know, that behind the screen, behind everything, there's actual human beings. And... Um, I hope that this is the final time anyone needs to say anything about this, right? 
I already said my piece a long time ago that uh, you know everything that it was justified and the reasons why things happened. It needed to happen, and if I went back in time, I don't think I would have, you know, done anything different. I supported the decision and so forth, and and that should have been final, you know. We as professionals, we're there to to compete and to entertain, but that doesn't give people access to every detail of our life. It, you 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 don't deserve that. You don't get that. You know. Everyone has a right to to their own privacy, and uh, it seems like people just completely forget, you know, that uh, that people are involved. And on the other side is just childishness and uh, selfishness that has driven this situation to the point that it got driven to. It should have been final already with the first statement released. I hope finally we can put a pin in it and and, and move on. They deserve peace. Sometimes uh, the esports community is they they behave like vultures, you know. I didn't understand how, you know, I hope I hope people can learn from it, you know. In essence, if if you don't know then you don't know. Uh, it's just you don't have to speculate, you know. You can just practice the idea of, of empathy, you know. So put yourself in 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 other people's situations, right? You never know what someone is going through and why they do what they do. Right? Okay. Challenge Q has been a big topic. I wanted to comment on that too. Challenge Q. Challenge queue? Is that what it's called? What's the name of the queue in North America that, that pays out cash? What, what, what is it called? Champions queue. Champions queue. You know, the issue the issue with Champions queue, it's, it's like the current base of players, right? The current base of players, they got to the position they were in doing uh, completely different things to get to the level they are, right? And North America has, has struggled, right, with some of the performances. Uh, not as harsh as people want to make it out to, to, to be, because C9 has been an outlier, right, in terms of performance. I don't think TL was that bad. Right, considering they had a group with um, with uh, was it Mad Lions and Gen G, you know, it w- it wasn't like like Teal didn't do that bad last year, right? I don't think North America was like that terrible, uh, but all in all, 
you know, Champions Queue is something that needs to be around for a longer time before you begin to truly see the effect of it. And um, it seems like people are so quick to give up on it, right? Because a lot of the players that are currently in the league are players that have built up habits of their own. In my mind, Champions Q was designed for the people that already got the most out of the tools that were available to them. You can't expect people that didn't get the most out of North American Solo Queue and all of the tools that were available to them to get the most out of Champions Queue either. And um, in my mind, Champions Queue was is, is there to usher in the new era of players who would actively use it to improve. And then actively also filter out the ones that um, just don't belong. I didn't understand why, you know, if you queue up for Champions Queue... You know, just test champions, you know? Be, be fine with being bad. Like, who cares? You know? It's like you get to play with a low-paying environment. I think people got a bit too frightened by it. You know? Like, bro, if I was sprinting it down, testing champs and that shit, I wouldn't give a damn. I would just do it for practice purposes. The MMR system is kind of crap, right? I think that's that's fair feedback. But in my mind, you can't expect people to get the most out of Champions Queue if they didn't get the most out of everything that was already available to them. You know? But we shall see. I think the cha Champions Queue thing is... Uh, it's its an interesting experiment, you know? Because it really, really showcases the underlying mentality of the average player in North America. No, I don't. I don't care for 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 double lift. It's just I think there's a lesson in that where we can be more empathic, you know. It is weird that they need to attach a financial incentive to it, but it's not a bad thing if you can, right? It should be inherently a positive thing. But in my mind, like if someone queues up and it's not in voice comes, then let that, then let it be, you know, let that be it. People don't need to join voice comms. That's okay. Fix the MMR system. And, um, you know, in my mind, it's like, 
it it gets to the point where maybe people yeah the the, the second issue is like I, i'm not sure how you balance it out you know it's kind of weird because, because skill balance is is definitely something that's that is strange I feel like I need to maybe talk to Bwipo and ask him how he felt about it. He's always very good at uh, making up his own opinions. But in my mind, from 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 outside, it just seems to me like it just shows the underlying mentality of what's going on in North America, right? But I think this was to be expected. If you can't get the most out of other tools, then why would they get the most out of Champions Q as well? And then maybe uh, there there could be an opportunity for people to monitor more deeply people that are actually trolling or doing something worse or, or hurting the solo queue, champions champions queue, and then actually like usher in more players if there isn't enough players to be, that are playing. Right? I don't know if there was an active process to get more players to play. Uh, to invite more players that are actively high rank uh, or if players that were hurting uh, that champions queue environment were actively filtered out i'm not sure so i guess i, I would just have to ask bupo i'll have to talk to him because the more and more i think about it i i don't feel educated enough on the topic to actively have like a clear opinion on what actually went wrong so we'll see. I'll talk to Bipo about it. T1. Very interesting team, right? I didn't really ever talk about it. I think they are a very, very impressive team. On every level. In terms of how they adapt, how they play individually, how they work as a team, how fluid everything looks and how easy everything looks is... There is, there is class to it. There's a lot of class to it. There's this undeniable confidence in the way they play. And um, that is so lethal. Very lethal. I'm curious to see how it uh, pl plays out when they face, you know, actual controversy in terms of, you know, opposition. But with the level of play that they've showed so far, I don't know when that's coming. I really don't know when that's coming. And um, funnily enough, maybe the first big challenge will be that they have to play on 35 ping. <laughs> Aye. That is kind of funny, isn't it? They have to play on 35 ping. Maybe this is going to be that one thing that throws them off. Because every other region has, um, you know, experience slinging it in the mud. North Americans playing on their 60 ping solo queue. Europeans also playing in a 40 MS scrim environment. 20 in some houses, if you have fiber network. 35 ping. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. But I don't think the 35 ping thing is going to really make that big of a difference that 
not the best team is going to be winning. I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. And I'm sure they're going to set something up for the Korean teams where uh, they'll probably be able to scrim in such environments to just to prepare them. I don't think that's going to be necessarily uh, an issue. I'm curious how this whole Asian Games uh, thing situation is going to pan out because I've been following some of the news, you know, with Kong being very unhappy with the situation and how Kespa has, uh, you know, put the players through additional boot camps and additional tests and a lot of these players deserve to um, deserve to rest and um, that's been quite the mess Coma resigned as well like it seems like gross mismanagement uh, in terms of how the preparation is for Asian games I don't know how that's going to affect the players too uh, coming into MSI and then it turns out that Asian Games is, is going to be delayed. He hasn't resigned yet, right? Only he intends to. I'm not sure. Is there any? Is there a difference between the two? Yeah, from from outside, uh, I've always had the impression that Coma uh, really uh, protects his players and cares for his players. Valentin Martinez, thank you very much for your subscription. It's kind of weird. I, I don't get it in the mini feed, but I got it as an animation. It's very strange. I think if you really want to win, right? Then I think you just send the full T1 roster and then you put Canyon as a sub. And I think that's it, you know? If you get to send six people... I think Canyon is one of the best players in the world. So definitely puts Honor in a in a strange spot. Like I think it's unfair to ask Honor to be better than Canyon. I think Canyon is in the conversation for the best individual player in the in the last two years. Canyon is an absolute machine. But I think it's it's a, it's a no-brainer to just bring the full T1 roster and have Canyon as a sub, right? I think that would be the, the go-to. And that's in no shape or form to take anything away from, from Honor. <laughs> because he's fucking good too. He's, he's, he's very good as well. Very strong player. But uh, Canyon is... Uh, Canyon is... Canyon is brilliant. Truly something else. Yeah, the LPL final is going to be interesting. Very interesting. You know, it's 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 crazy how it's gone. You know, the, the form of the teams has been so up and down. It's been very difficult to predict the LPL finals. I mean, the LPL in general. And between Topis was an RNG... Tough one to predict too. <laughs> but my my heart is asking RNG to go. Just um, for historical purposes. Need to see RNG versus T1. That would be very nice. Zhao Hu mid lane. 
Jauhu, Caps and, and, and Faker The legends of Midlane From each of the regions And then RNG get to defend Their previous title There will be a lot of uh, good storylines. I think Owner has better improvement than Canyon, and Owner has been at One Worlds and he's doing really good. Meanwhile, it takes three years for Canyon to be this level. Mm. I think Canyon has always been really, really good. But okay, G2 as MSI, you know, I, I think I think G2 is a very strong team. Obviously, individually, they are not going to be able to match up too well, right? But I don't think that is going to matter too much if they practice smart, meaning. If they figure out quickly what they want to play and how the meta is going to look like for them, which I believe that they can do and was a big part of why they had a lot of success in the EU playoffs, I think they can definitely steal games. I don't think you can count out G2. There's a lot of experience on that team. Uh, I think they have uh, a very strong staff as well behind them and uh, I think... They also have a very good energy about them. Very good energy about them that uh, they seem very optimistic, right? Even though they might face mo difficult mountains, it, it definitely requires a very specific mentality to have as a group to go through the lower bracket the way they did. And um, in situations where they've been considered the underdog, they've uh, managed to to do well. So I think definitely they could uh, potentially do some damage. But um, of course, on paper, they're going to be the third best team at, at the tournament. And maybe you can even argue that, um, you know, some of the rosters that... Um, North America can send like if if TL send their roster, you know that's a that's a monster roster, right? But to be fair, I have to add that I haven't been watching too much of the NALCS, so I don't know the overall level. Uh, I I've watched some Whipple games, and it is weird to me to not see TL in the finals already. So I don't know what happened there. But we'll see. Do you think G2's bot lane can compete with T1? It's hard to imagine. Very hard to imagine. Aikaria and Gumayushi. You know, last year at Worlds, 
Was, was Korea already in T1? No, he wasn't. Was he? Who was the support of T1 last year? T1 2021. Was the... He was, right? He was already there, Korea. Yeah. Last year in scrims, the only bot lane. The only bot lane, the only two bot lanes that were like difficult, right, for our bot lane, upset and hilly, was honestly the best one at Worlds last year with the scrims was actually Viper Mako. Last year at Worlds, I felt like Viper Mako was better based off of scrims. Like Viper was vicious last year. But Gumayushi Korea, really fucking good too. Basically how our scrims against T1 went, it was fist fight to the death on both. Either we won or they won. But regardless of that outcome, we could either be 5-0 or 0-5. If our bot lane was 5-0, we would lose anyway. <laughs> if enemy bot lane was 5-0, we would lo just lose faster. We just we couldn't win games against T1. I think historically, if I count all of my scrim games that I've had against T1 uh, with with Faker on that team, and even with close, like honestly, I think most. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to count how many times I scrimmed T1. I think I have like 40 scrim games in total against T1. Maybe more. Maybe it's like 60. 60 scrim games against T1. And uh, I believe I've won maybe five, six, six games. Six games I've won maybe. So it's a very low percentage, 10%. Yeah, Matakana with a 10% win ratio against T1. Games, like total games. So we scrimmed them plenty when we were in Sandbox. And the games that we could win was when Fake was subbed out. <laughs> but T1 have always been so good in scrims. And then we won one, I believe we won one game. We won one game when Upset was playing Draven. Is it worth for them to scream against you? Well... It's rather fast. Honestly, when I was in Sandbox, we were beating everybody in scrims except T1. T1 was like the the, the the nemesis of ours. We were beating Damwon. We were beating Genji. Genji, we were like winning a lot of games. It's like Genji. I remember the scrim against Genji, and every game they just gave us the best possible Nar angle ever. It's like every game was like, yo, this is a perfect NAR game. Enemy top jungle is Renekton Volibear. 
We're gonna just pick Nar and you're gonna kite them like the dogs they are. And I was like, Summit, you're just gonna play Nar here, okay? Perfect. Did you scrim against Diamond Gaming? Last year at Worlds, we scrimmed them one day and we played eight games and we went seven and one. Like our bot lane would, like basically Damwon's plan most of the time was to pick Yumi and to get Yumi out of lane, but we would dive Yumi Lucian like 50 times. And I remember there was one game where Ghost was 30 CS to 140. I remember that. And then it was just a race of enemy topside trying to outcarry our, our, our bot side. Uh, yes, I, I coach Sandbox. So I coach Summit and Sandbox. But okay. I think it's time for us to go to the AMA section of, of this episode. And let's open up Twitter. Let's check it out. Uh, Msum asks, How do you deal with pressure from fans or generally from the outside? Do you sometimes feel exhausted? Also, you guys in the Fnatic squad doing something specific to blow off Stim's team. Um, I personally, it's like you kind of get, you, you kind of have to numb yourself out against it because in the end, like, I, I have enough pressure on my own head. It's like I have. Uh, a fear of being inadequate. I have a fear of being mediocre. I have a fear of not being uh, remembered. Uh, when I die, I have a fear of. I have a fear of of losing everything that I've I've worked towards. You know, it's like who, who knows with these sports. You know, maybe next year, who knows what's gonna happen. You know, maybe there is. Something so terrible happens that um, I no longer get to to work with uh, with the job that I've been so fortunate to 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 work with. You know, maybe sometime legal agents doesn't doesn't function any longer. So this fear, even though fear couldn't be considered, you know, as a bad thing, in my mind, fear is good. You know, it keeps me on edge. It keeps me sharp. It keeps me, you know questioning what, what I do in my actions. I I want to put in effort in order to be the best possible version of myself because I am not going to let this opportunity be squandered, you know? I always look ahead and and push myself forward. So I already pressure myself so hard that any additional pressure is just air, you know? It's like the the, the level I pressure myself at is it's maybe not healthy but I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way because this makes me better, you know? I struggle with imposter syndrome, you know? Like, often I'm thinking, yo, I don't fucking... It's like, uh, right now where I am, I don't fucking deserve to be here. I need to fucking work, work my fucking ass off, you know? Every single day, you know? Every single day I work my fucking ass off because maybe I don't get the chance to do it tomorrow. And uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I want to be this way. Maybe it's not healthy, you know. Some days I sleep less, work even more. And um, I've learned a lot about myself in terms of how much I can tolerate, right? And 
the signs that I have when I'm beginning to burn out so I can be like more aware of when I need to rest a little bit more and take care of myself. But this for me is the, the, the purest form of, of pressure, you know, the one that I applied to myself. And of course, there's an obligation uh, to the fans and without them, that nothing, none of this would be would be possible. But I am very empathic to the fans. Anyone that is just, just, you know, writing at me, talking bad about me or something, I understand, you know, this is coming from a place of passion. They want, they want to yield a certain result and they attach their emotion to the things that are accessible and happen to be accessible. So I understand that part, you know. It's like whenever fans are angry at me or something like this, that's okay. I, I, I can completely relate and, and understand it. So I don't mind. I think empathy is so powerful, you know. You can try to relate to the situation and try to understand why someone is doing something and it will become easier to, to tolerate and easier to maneuver around. Because in the end, nothing is personal. Nothing, nothing is personal. When someone is yelling anger at you, this is, you know, just a manifestation of this person's whole life and experience that led them up to that moment uh, that uh, and and you just in that moment maybe managed to press some specific buttons that made them angry you know and in that shape or form it's not really personal right and as long as you can you can separate yourself from that you can begin to to, to view things in a different light and this is what i always try to do when it comes to you know anger or, or hatred or something like this. I think maybe fear is the wrong word, Wukong Mainko, because it's like fear is good, you know, keeps you prepared, you know. It's an instinct that uh, sharpens you, you know. Next question, Rabbit, my man. Any tips for times when you're unmotivated to do literally anything productive? Well, it depends on where you're at, right? Sometimes you need to rest. And if you feel... It's like motivation is always secondary. Motivation comes after you've started. And if you're having a hard time getting productive for a longer period, you know, um, I suggest start slow. Good decisions accumulate, they compound. If you are at the lowest of low, maybe just go for a five minute walk. You brush your teeth, maybe you just take a shower. You just take good, just a good decision. Try to make a good decision. Drink water. Um, Go for a little walk. Go out in the sun. Uh, wash your face. It can be as simple as that. And then that effect, you know, that, that, that energy that you can gain from just moving in the right direction can inspire you to do more. And this is where motivation uh, awakens. At least in my experience, right? But I have found that often when I've 
talk to, to, to people and I give them the same advice, it goes a long way. It really goes a long way. And it's completely okay to have shitty days. That's normal. How do you handle stress situations where you are incredibly anxious? So this is once again, that is also like another question that is going to differ from person to person. But what I found helpful is you, you, you try, have to try to, to strengthen your mind in how you shape thoughts and how you... Um, interpret thoughts i think it goes a long way to basically the the, the quality of your thinking uh, really goes a long way it's like if if every circumstance if 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 you face with a situation that is inherently bad trying to switch that into an opportunity to 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 view it positively gives you it just generally speaking makes you feel better right? this is not necessarily tied to anxiety which was your question but the reason i bring this up is in in my experience the more and more you you try to view circumstances in in a more positive light and a more optimistic light and you just improve the quality of your thinking um it also helps with managing uh, stress and anxiety as well because in my experience once again this is of course differ differs from person to person i know uh usually like when i have conversations about this topic of course i'm not uh, a, 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 like a therapist or a psychologist i'm not educated on this topic at all um of course it it, it differs from person to person but in my mind, like everything else, if you're faced with anxiety or stress or any type of negative emotion, I think the easiest way forward is to try to map it out. Um, becoming aware and accepting and recognizing your patterns as a human and trying to stay clear of those patterns, those destructive patterns is, is, is usually, you know, the path to, to, to mindfulness. The more and more you become aware of yourself acting on your thoughts and your emotions and what patterns you find yourself in, like what makes you angry what makes you anxious what makes you stressful as the more and more you begin to reflect on the idea of, of what are the patterns that bring that forward you'll begin to realize you know it's 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 a it's a process of oh this makes me angry right is it rational for me to be angry in that moment no so you've accepted that it's something that is inherently bad right and the, the next time that situation occurs, maybe due to that reflection, you'll begin to recognize that uh, in that moment, 
that thought occurs and you have a chance to take a different decision and not act on those emotions, right? So always the, the process for me is mapping out why am I feeling a certain way? Why did I act on my emotions in this manner? Uh, was it rational? Was it in... Was this action that I took in junction with what I believe is correct, in junction with my values and what uh, I believe is right? No. Then I'm going to begin to try to remember that pattern and for next time try to face those thoughts and emotions with a clear decision. And this is why mindfulness is so important. Mindfulness allows you to give power to the correct thoughts because we as people, we have millions of thoughts on a daily basis. Uh, even the most optimistic and the happiest people of all time they also have negative thoughts, but there's a choice there to not give power to that thought, right? There's, there's a choice there to not give power to that emotion because we have a million thoughts and emotions that cross our mind and pass our mind on a daily basis. And it's just important to empower yourself to, to, to make a choice and not let yourself go. And this is something that takes practice. But of course, I underline this with, I am not a psychologist, not a therapist. And depending on what level you're dealing with this with, maybe you can, maybe you need uh, professional help, right? Maybe. But I'm just sharing something that has been very helpful to me and helpful to others that uh, I've given this advice to. Because you need to empower yourself to, to make choices about how you are and how you act. People that tend to be very negative and angry and so forth, they don't have really control over how they act. They just kind of let themselves go. And I don't believe in that. I really don't believe in that. If you want to be a certain person, you want to act and, and live by certain values, and you want to be more happy and you want to actively be more optimistic and, and positive as a person, it's... Um, it is the challenge of building up your mind and recognizing your own destructive patterns. And when you begin to map out those patterns, you can actively pursue a change because the more and more you know about yourself, you can position yourself to be in a spot where you can take a decision on how you want to be in those moments of weakness. And then you will become stronger. Next question. Uh, Richard Loch uh, asks, there is without a doubt uh, a lot of hate towards Fnatic. How would you like to see the community evolve to support pro players and aspirations to avoid the sport becoming toxic like football? I think it's just um, tribalism. You know, I think that's just tribalism and that's how humans are. I think expecting that to change is very tough it's like the same thing as raya tried to battle toxicity right and it just doesn't really work because this is inherently just human psychology uh, so if 
fans become as toxic like in football, it means we've reached a size that is, uh, you know, as big as football. And I think that's that's something positive. I think it's just a sign of, of passion and that uh, takes shape of many different emotions. Because I think when people watch sports, it is fun to live through other people and allow yourself to have some stupid fun and to just follow along the ride of your emotions. Even I, as a competitor, when I watch Drive to Survive, I become a chimp, you know? Like, sure, I don't say, hey, Hamilton, you piece of shit, why didn't you fucking drive faster, noob? No, I don't do that, but I can get, I can understand the fun in that, you know? And I think as long as it doesn't turn into something psychotic where people, you know, dox people or like, you know, just swat people, whatever the fuck, something that is inherently dangerous, I don't think that's, um, you know, that I think it's fine, really. Uh, next question. Meramin uh, asks, why haven't you won a title yet in your career? A very long career, by the way. Wow, by the way, very long career, by the way, he says. Even with this super team in spring, I think this was definitely uh, the best opportunity for me to to win a title. Uh, but there is a lot of um, variables at stake. Right? And uh, I always try to do my, do my best uh, with uh, the rosters that I have. Uh, and that is uh, all I can do. And uh, so far that hasn't been enough to, to win a title, but I will keep trying. And um, as to why, yeah. Uh, me doing my best just hasn't been enough and um, it has uh, gotten me far I've played in a couple of finals but uh, not enough to to push uh, across the finish line and um, I think a lot of things need to align in order for that to happen and I feel myself getting better and better and closer and closer every year and uh, at the end of the day that's that's all I can and all I can ask for Sen asks, it seems to me that among the league community statistics and how to engage with them is wildly misunderstood, both on the fan as well as the team side as statistics do not give an answer, but rather point you towards something to investigate further. What are your thoughts on this? I think statistics can be very deceiving. Uh, I think statistics, as you mentioned, I think it is, it is definitely like a point of, um, you know, it's just a point of inspiration, really. It's like you, you, you look at statistics and then you look at what, uh, let's say I want to see, I want to check out the, the, the best team that places the most amount of pinks. And uh, then maybe I take a look at why, well, I take a look at that team and I look deeper. It's just a point of inspiration. Uh, nothing more than that. Uh, you can't really make factual statements you, you, you can write off a statistic, you can. I know someone's going to say, well, you can just say that he has this number amount of blah, blah, blah. No, well, you can't give like active information about how someone plays based off of statistics in most cases. It's, it's usually, you, you can't take for granted that statistics is not hiding something because you have to look at gameplay. It's like when someone says, wow, this guy is so high DPM, he must be like so fucking good. And then every game is playing Ezreal. You know, it's, it's not really that, that great because a lot of that damage doesn't matter or 
uh, let's say someone is performing super super good and has many kills and then it turns out he's just been playing jinx for the entire split and uh, no one really banned it and then when it comes to playoffs it's getting banned and he's not playing as well or he got nerfed blah 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 you get my point right there's, there's always something to, to, to investigate and you need to have a good eye for uh, for the game and you need to be able to look a little bit deeper in order to really really make use of statistics the best way possible and was möchte die in der Offseason arbeiten auf alles Bruder ich muss alles uh, erneut denken das ist einfach so Who is the captain of Fnatic? Out of context, John asks. I assume that someone is designed to shot call and count down the team. From voice comes, it seems either Hilly, 35%, Humanoid, 35%, and the rest is either Wundo or Razork. Uh, no one is really a designated uh, captain within the team. Uh, it is something that uh, I've thought about more and more, and I don't feel ready uh, to give someone that, um, that responsibility. Um, I would have to think about it a lot more, but I think it makes sense to to, to give that responsibility onto someone. Usually, as 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 something begins or a summer split begins, the responsibility uh, it, you know it balances itself out within a team. Uh, you you start you're committing to five players, and then the dynamic kind of unfolds, and then you have to push people in the direction to. To solve some of the holes and fill in some of the weaknesses uh, that the team has, and um, in our case, you know, everyone has uh, has has different uh, contribution in communication and also in play. But um, I don't believe in the idea of of of, of shot calling or or calm, calming down the team so much. I think, in in essence, uh, the the best way to to achieve this is for people to have. Uh, the same level of knowledge and same level of uh, level of uh, of skill and at the same time that individual ability to calm yourself down and then everything else is just reminders when people uh, stray off uh, the, the the path that you want to achieve within the game ideally you find a place where you know the only communication that should occur is you know, uh I'm stronger now. Yeah, we're stronger. We agreed it was stronger. Okay, we're gonna match them. Uh, we play top side, and that's it. You play, say you play top side. Everyone knows what it means that we're playing top side, and then the game uh, plays itself out. Oh, we team fight. Yeah, Kai for me, and then we win. Okay, uh, we're gonna rally around the TF card. When TF card is up, we posture forward. When TF card is down, we back off, and then we play like that. You know, very simple things that. Ideas that everyone can can rally around, and within that, it's important that people uh, understand their role in, in in that process. That's like the ideal line. And often, what uh, what communication is being used as is like a crutch and a tool to bring back people that uh, forget, because it's so easy in League of Legends to 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 lose your mind, because. We play so many games. Like I've pr probably played more than fifty thousand League of Legends games in my lifetime. If I count scrims and all of the jazz, like uh, the amount of games that I've been a part of, either as a coach, a spectator, or a player, it's like immense. So it's very, very natural that my brain tries to conserve energy by simplifying a lot of the actions so a lot of things can turn automatic and that can be dangerous right you need to actively think you need to be very disciplined in your play right so it's like often communication is like reminders of things that people should know 
It's like calm down. It's like yo, uh, guys, let's refocus. Let's calm down. Let's let's breathe. These are things that people should know, but they, they serve as reminders, right? Same thing as like yo, we're moving into top side. We're preparing for Drake. These are things that people should know, but they are reminders. Yeah, because this was kind of a different answer to your question. A little bit of a different answer to your question, but uh, it's somewhere along that line. Coaching question from League Analyst. He's a, he's a very nice person. I like you. Coaching question. When having an unbalanced skill level between players, does it make more sense to aid the weak link to put your resources into the stronger points? Mm, it always depends on the meta. Always depends on the meta. I think um, it is easier to sharpen your blade instead of um, oiling your shield I think you can get further by you know working on your strength it's like uh, last year is a good example right we just committed all the way to, to make our just annihilate people with our bot lane and then the the pressure was was just too heavy, so people had to react. Right? And then at the same time, we tried to make it so Adam, you know, had an easy time fending for himself. And we tried to help him as much as possible, but we sharpened our blade, and uh, we got to the finals because of it. Jakub Kaminski asks, why were you why you we saw completely different team after game two versus Rogue and it lasted to the end of playoffs? Team without spirit, charisma, and an idea how to play the game. Uh, as I mentioned many times, and hopefully for the last time now, um we were not strong enough as a group uh, to to deal with uh, the the situation that we faced against Rogue after we lost that game three. We, tend, we spiraled, we didn't know how to bounce back, we, we lost confidence, uh, we weren't uh, so sure about things that we were sure about, you know, they hit us uh, right in the juggler and um, the, the week in preparation coming into uh, that last weekend wasn't as good as it needed to be in order for us to bounce back in preparation for G2. So we definitely lost a lot of ourselves on that day and... Um, I think even though that week was so important, the week ahead of that time was even of more importance because they need to be used to prepare us for anything that we might face along the way. And um, as a group, we were not ready to, to, to lose against Rogue in the fashion that we did. And uh, we couldn't bounce back. And I blame myself for that. Uh, Monke asks... Is there inherent order in nature, or is it all chaos and chance? I believe there is order. But it's it's kind of strange because there is order in the chaos. It's like our perception, we'll always view it as chaos. But I think on the deepest level, there is order but that order will never we will never have the ability to interpret that order so for us 
the practical thing is to accept chaos because we will never be able to understand the variables of everything there's too many variables in our life it's like that are just impossible to account for at least as humans this is as as far as our perception goes that's why now like with artificial intelligence and maybe in the future we will be replaced by robots robots might be able to see the order but as humans we can't we will never be able to And I think there's a lot of beauty in that. It allows you to be more grateful. Or they will bring even more chaos. Maybe. Maybe, my friend. Job Sigman asks, Hey Amaro, how much of coaching would you say is being a team manager, facilitating team atmosphere, leadership and general teamwork, and how much is strategic guidance, strategies in macro, etc. Does this differ per coach? I think it definitely differs by coach, but on my end, I feel like it differs per situation. It's like I've been in teams where I've had the liberty to focus more on draft strategy and macro, and then there's been teams where I've been more forced to, not forced, but it's been more beneficial for me to to, to work on facilitating team atmosphere, leadership, and, and general teamwork. So it definitely depends on the dynamic that you're working with, the, the players that you're working with. But um, on the higher end, I feel like it's more often the team as- atmosphere and leadership and general teamwork. For example, in, in, in this current group, there's a lot of game knowledge there at hand already with the players that you're working with. I don't need to teach humanoid how to to play the game. Um, so the, the 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 focus most of the time becomes you know how the the the, the group functions and how the team atmosphere is and uh, and so forth. And once again, this is something that uh, we or I uh, didn't manage to do so well this split. Don Rayner asks, due to overindulgence in social media and other quick fix information, my attention span is shortening at alarming rate. What is the best way to combat this? I would say do nothing. Do nothing. When I say do nothing, literally do nothing. Just sit. Or just walk. No music. No podcasts. No nothing. Allow yourself to be. As nature intended. And then. In the beginning. Will be hard. You want to distract yourself. You'll reach for your phone. You want to. You want to. Keep your mind occupied. But eventually, you'll find peace. 
and then thoughts begin to come to your mind in a clearer clear in such a clear fashion that is truly enlightening i realized this when i had to i had no internet on my phone and i had a 30 minute commute from work uh, to home and during that 30 minutes i was in the espan actually it was even longer than 30 minutes one hour i was just in the espan and that that silence during that time and doing nothing really made me feel in tune with myself again because the more and more we consume the more we suppress our own mind and we no longer face the truths that we need to face and that's why often i feel this is of course just me speculating but it feels like our generations is a lot more unhappy I, I believe mental illness seems to be at an all-time high. Once again, I could be wrong on this. I feel like we don't unpack what we are going through as people. And I think a lot of our thoughts and our mind becomes suppressed due to overconsumption of information. It's not natural at all to have access to as much information as we do. It's a double-edged sword. We can read about anything, but it's inherently also addicting. The way a phone works, we have like a, such a powerful computer uh, right next to us. But on that computer, there's so many applications that are trying to do everything they can to keep your attention. They've been engineered with the sole intention of keeping your attention. And that is, you know, the harsh realization that everyone needs to come, come to terms with uh, because it is not really bringing us any value. You know, going on TikTok is not giving us any value. How many TikTok recipes have you watched where someone's making chocolate chip cookies in a cup in the microwave and then they say watch part two before it's even finished and you're just there annoyed because you wasted your time and then you look at the next video and you forgot that it even happened and then two hours have passed. We've all been there because these these applications have been designed to to capture your attention. That's what gives them value. Your attention is a very important commodity. Take care of your attention. Allow yourself to do nothing. And your mind, you'll realize how powerful your mind is. Really. Take breaks from everything and do nothing. Doing nothing for one hour, it can be a great challenge. But it'll be so, so rewarding. We have so many hours in a day and so many of these hours are just wasted away and they just disappear and they do not become memorable or at all. And probably these hours didn't move you in the direction that you wanted to move in. And there's a lot of potential in that. If you take one hour to do something for yourself, 
in a day what you can accomplish over the over a couple of years is is insane you let's say you want to learn how to play piano if you practice one hour a day you find you make sure that you practice one hour a day you will you you will learn how to play piano eventually i assure you and um just be careful with your attention truly be very careful with it and meditation is another one of those things that uh helps with this Let's, uh, fanatic win, can you spell Stan Z backwards? Well, you're asking me if I can spell, but can these nuts fit in your mouth, my friend? Uh, let's go to the next question. Tishan97, white or red sauce on your spaghetti? Why? I'm a big fan of tomato. I just like tomato, tomato flavors. Red sauce is nice, but honestly, white sauce is also nice. I think it depends on the type of spaghetti and also the type of meat that is involved in the spaghetti. But if there is no meat at all, I think red carries a, a stronger uh, flavor. So it has uh, uh, the power to stand alone. Carbonara is very nice indeed. Uh, Tishan also asks, who was your biggest role model growing up? Honestly, my brother. My brother's always been an inspiration to me because he manages to be the best against all odds. He has a black belt in karate. He is one of the top performing dentists. Krufix, thank you very much for... Uh, thank you so much for your subscription. My brother had a dislocated disc in his spine that was pressing against nerves that made his legs just his legs were just completely fucked like he, he couldn't he could barely walk and when I saw him in pain it was it was terrible to see him in pain and I know how this guy can take pain because I've seen him fight multiple times uh, spar and he took punches and it didn't fucking mean anything so when I saw my brother in pain I knew this guy is going through hell and um, my brother managed to like he still kept going to the gym rehabbed himself and still went through dentistry school and figured that shit out on his own an absolute fucking machine and uh, to this day he still has pain and uh Issues with his neck and uh, uh, with uh, with heavy uh, headaches and migraines, and he still he still keeps delivering. My man is a full time dentist. He has never taken a sick day in his life unless he was forced to, due to COVID and uh, protecting other patients. So probably the most beloved dentist uh, in in the whole city. Uh, he's fully booked for the next couple of months. He's absolutely brilliant. And at the same time, let me tell you guys, he competes in bodybuilding. So he cuts weight and he is like fucking 5% body fat. He's lean as a machine and 
He just, whatever he puts his mind to, he figures it out. He figures it out. Kraken, what's the best advice you've ever received from a coach, mentor, role model? Well... Hmm. Honestly, there's... It's like... Naval Ravikant said some things that were very eye-opening to me. And that was... He was just... He was on the Joe Rogan experience, and he was talking about how he reads... And how he views his own time as a commodity. And and how he is a generalist in terms of how he learns things. So basically how he reads is pretty much he reads a page and reflects upon that page, rereads that page and keeps... You know, truly, truly soaks in the information. I basically, he, he, he made the point that he would rather read the same hundred best books instead of reading ten thousand books, and that changed the way I kind of digest information because it's so easy to overindulge in good information that maybe nothing sticks and there's been many, there's there's a couple of books that I always come back to that I reread and re-listen to on Audible and so forth and that was really eye-opening to me another thing was uh, that, that he mentioned is that uh, you know you need to set yourself up to make your money work for you and to put an inherent value value on your time, like in terms of, uh, like there's 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 way ways to use your money to 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 make you save time, and there is an inherent way to 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 build value, and I cannot do justice what what Naval uh, this this man Naval has has said, so I recommend that you go out and 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 check him out. I think there's a series called How to Get Rich that is on YouTube and um, and I just I recommend that uh, you check it out it's, it's truly um, very very nice to, uh, to to listen to another thing has been like a, a saying that is very important to me as a person is conquer the enemy within and the enemy of outside will do you no harm I think most of our demons are on the inside and the, the the quality of our thinking is something that takes practice and I think a lot of people don't give themselves enough credit in terms of how strong they could potentially be and how much of an impact they can have on their future and where they are moving a lot of things uh, are up to chance uh, for sure but we can increase our odds uh, by strengthening ourselves a lot of people see themselves as victims and I think that's uh, 
sad. Another thing that has uh, really shaped me as a person is to never take anything personal. Ever since this, it's like I rarely find myself like I I'm never angry at anyone. Like maybe for a moment, but then you realize, hey, it's irrational. I'm being silly here. You know. It's like. Nothing is ever personal. Yeah, you always ask me if I have chest hair. Stop being a, such a weirdo. That's what the cringe stoics believe. Believe what? What do they believe? They de... I don't know how to say that word. Their emotions. I don't know what you're saying. But nothing is really personal. I think... I think emotions are very powerful, right? But it goes both ways. Anything that is inherently powerful can be used for good and... It can be useful for, for bad. And I think it's important to be able to empower yourself to make choices, right? To make the choices that follow along on the the journey that you want to be on, right? In accordance to your values. And, um, you know, if... If you're feeling happy, you know, acting on that is good, you know. If you're feeling angry, most of the time acting on that is not good. I definitely don't think it's good to to be angry. I don't think it's good to be, you know. It's like you you can always you can always flip it somehow, right? Love is a very good emotion, you know. It's powerful, you know. Being angry is good. Some people are assholes. Well, I I I disagree. Of course, there's nuance to each situation, but. If if you want to take the best possible decisions, it's important to remain rational. Yeah, of course, being angry is okay. It only depends on how you express it. Of course, yes. That's why it's always, it's like, are you doing something that is destructive? That is like the inherent line that you need to draw when you're exploring your own expression of emotions. Is it destructive? Is it against the values that you believe in? For example, let's say you uh, get angry at, at, at your spouse, right? You get angry at your spouse and you shout. Maybe, you know, 
shouting is not good, right? Regardless of the situation, shouting is not good, right? You don't want to shout at your spouse. She, she, the, the, your, your, your significant other doesn't deserve that, right? So this is a circumstance where emotions are destructive, right? Emotions are fine, it's just when they become destructive, that's where you draw the line. And the thing is, little Bert, this is where rationality comes to mind, right? If you want to have a certain effect, then I'm certain that, you know... If you want honey, kicking the beehive is not the best way to do so, right? That's all I'm saying. There's, there's a line where emotions can become destructive. But nevertheless, I think we move on. What do you tell your hairdresser to get this haircut? Bro, what is this haircut? This is not a haircut. This is... This is a madness. <laughs> uh, this, this, is, this is a crazy madness right here. Kiryu asks a very interesting question. I like this question. Were there any players that crucially changed your view of the game? Uh, like, on first-hand interaction, Jizuke uh, changed the way I viewed the game. Um, Hilly, Humanoid, and honestly, Senkuks. And then also Yankos, if I think back at past teams. And then also Extinct and Mithy. These are seven players that come to mind where I've had first-hand experience. From second-hand experience, meaning I didn't directly work with them, but I even I either got like crushed by them or I watched them play. Faker, Rookie, The Shy, Doimbi. Canyon, Mata, yeah, that's it. What's your dream vacation, Chesney asks. Well, Japan is just a dream location. Honestly, Japan is just... Japan is, is, is amazing. Like, there's, like, I was in Japan for two weeks and there was nothing I could complain about. Nothing. The only complaint I had in Japan was that I wish I was more hungry... 
and my belly was bigger so I could eat more. That was my only complaint about Japan. I wish I could eat more. I even considered vomiting to eat more. Japan, I've been to Japan. I want to go back. I want to go back. Let me tell you guys a story of a day in Japan. I looked up. I looked up an insane sushi place. We had to wait four hours to get in. Four hours to get in. We ate our food. Next day, we waited four hours again. That's how fucking delicious this food was. It was out of this world, man. It ruined sushi. It just ruined sushi. I eat at the best sushi place in Berlin. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is sacrilegious. This is terrible. This is not acceptable. Mm-mm-mm. 5 a.m. Okay. So let me let me tell you this. We we are always me and Elena, we're always outside at 2 a.m. I legit woke up 5, 6 in the morning. 5, 6 in the morning, I just woke up and I just started walking outside. They have fucking, they have these machines, okay, with hot beverages. Hot, be- they've figured out the perfect temperature to keep these drinks at, to have like that precise flavor. You know when you drink tea and it's just, just, it's warm, it's, it's really hot, but it doesn't burn you just at that edge, and that's exactly where you want to drink your tea? That's where they maintain the, the temperature of the beverage. And I had this like lemon tea drink, fucking smashed a shit ton of sugar into it, they did for sure. But I was drinking this tea drink every single day. Oh my goodness. And and just the, the, the culture of, of everything is just, oh, oh my God. Ev- like the, the people... It just seems like everyone gives so many fucks about whatever job you have. You're the CEO of a company, you're sweeping the floors. Doesn't matter, everyone did it with, with, with pristine care. And I could walk into a gas station in the middle of the night and eat food that would taste better than most places I could eat at. Because the people that worked there, they did it with such immense care. And just the level of, of, of products is just it's just echoed throughout the the whole country. And this was my impression of it. And just I was in love. I'm in love. I'm in love with Japan. I'm in love with Japan. Ah oh. I'm in love with Japan.
Just Super asks, if you were not in esports, what would you be doing? I have no clue. I would probably try to learn coding and web developing and I would try to become an engineer and I would try to participate in the web 3.0 development uh, as much as I could. As much as NFTs are hated, I am very intrigued about the digitalization. That's a tough word to say. Uh, digitalization of uh, our society and our world. And I think that's going to be the, the next step um, in the metaverse and also in, in, the, in, in also in generally speaking, right? Web 3.0 is, is, is definitely uh, the future, but we are very early. Crypto is a big deal, yeah. Betting on crypto is betting on the idea that um, we're going to live in a more di digitalized world. Who is really Yamato? Yamato Kanon, Yamato's death. Well, I came before him, so he's my baby boy. Yamato's death is my baby boy. I'm proud of his big ass forehead. And... Uh, I'm waiting for the day he beats me in chess. Corona 6 asks what's your favorite food, but like not something popular like pizza, pasta, etc. Well, there is something called plof. Plof. So basically, I believe it's Kazakhish. So it's from Kazakhstan, I believe. And it's basically you cook like rice and lamb and garlic and onion and 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 carrots. You cook it under like inside like this metal dome, and then there's a fire just spanking at it and it's just being cooked for hours and hours and it just tastes so damn good oh Ooh. Nifums uh, are you ever concerned crypto could be used against us if governments mandate crypto as the main currency they can also take it away if society acts up yeah that's definitely a concern I remember reading about the idea of, uh, of 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 moving in that direction, uh, if gov governments begin to mandate cryptos and they have their own cryptos, I remember there there would be like a limit on on how much you can spend on certain things. Basically, it's like they would control societies. Uh, like let's say you have a card that you pay things for. With with, with this would pretty much be your digital currency. And then this card would only allow you to buy a certain amount of meat. And then maybe it would only work in certain shops. And then there would be like exclusion and so forth. And there would be like a, a massive level of control. And this would be the danger of, of, of that such digitalization, right? To, to some, to some uh, you know, to some degree, uh, physical currency... To, to some degree, there is, there is that already, right? 
like i mean not exactly that but there is a degree of control that the government still has uh, when it comes to uh, physical currency if you think about how much money has been printed over the last uh, couple of years uh, to to stimulate the economy during uh, the covid times and 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 so forth and and uh, a lot of money just being deflated in value and this is something that uh, you know that the governing bodies have control over so in essence they can make your uh, currency and your money that you've worked for obsolete and useless right that has happened in in in, in countries that is also that is also happening in 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 a, on a grand scale with with all currencies right and the the beauty of 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 cryptocurrency is that um the idea that needs to be maintained is decentralization and i believe i truly believe in decentralization on on many scales because we a lot of people rely on platforms right it's like for example twitter i have followers on twitter but inherently i have no value because they could choose to ban me one day right so i don't have i don't own anything same thing with youtube a lot of people making money of youtube and a lot of people got kicked off of youtube and uh, a lot of people no longer had any ad revenue and so forth they're what what they had as their ownership and their uh, their uh, way of of making money was just removed from them right it was very centralized right information is centralized now money is centralized and it's controlled by governing bodies with uh, you know their own biases and so forth and in my mind i think and i hope that we move towards a world where you know, everything becomes decentralized. That the relationship between creator and consumer is direct, rather than having 15 middlemen that have to put their dick into the pot just to say that uh, they had something to do with it. I hope it gets to that point. And I hope uh, that it gets to the point where uh, the marketplace is that open, where you can easily, you know, if you need something specific, that you can find that, you know. I hope so. You know, and in that process, you know, of course, it's like we often joke on this uh, stream about a lot of the NFT projects that... Uh, get sent our way uh, <laughs> like most nft project projects are complete garbage and completely useless and uh, but i can see a world you know where web web 3.0 is going to be you know it's going to be the future i i believe in the digitalization of of, of our world um, I think it's it's going to happen. I feel like it's uh, inevitable.
I hope my new NFT project will be entertaining for people. So what you cooking up, Sami? What's 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 you cooking? Web 3.0 is essentially the decentralization of of the web. Let me find a better way of explaining it. It is basically the utilization of like blockchain uh, technology. And uh, beyond such an explanation, I am out of my depth. <laughs> Fish community that will be competing with one another. Are you in contact with the players since spring ended? Slightly. Some messages here and there, but I'm giving everyone their space, you know? I like I also need my space, you know. Yeah, the transparency part of it is 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 quite beautiful. The transparency the decentralization, all of these aspects are very good. Just gonna go. You need. We'll have to go a long way to to educate people, to not send uh, their money to. Uh, to not get scammed and to to give out their seed phrases, but it was the same. You know, like I grew up in in, in the day and age where yo. You're gonna put your fucking credit card on the internet? Are you fucking mental? You know, we're not buy buying anything online. I remember my parents telling me this. Yeah, we're not buying anything online. RuneScape member? You're gonna put in my card online? On this RuneScape website? Fuck that. And how, like nowadays, it's like, yo, Google Pay, swipe that shit, PayPal baby, fucking put my card, fucking I'm swiping anything I see, fucking online pay 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 you know it's just fucking it's just a question of education you know it takes a little bit of time it's like no oh so many people getting scammed in the crypto space so many people are getting scammed in the crypto space yeah it just takes some time to educate you know it takes some time to to educate people and and we'll get there you know things will get easier things will get you know simpler and um, it'll be fine. You know? Just the Web 3.0 thing. It will eventually happen. Just give it a couple of years. And uh, play to earn is going to be a thing. Crypto is going to be more common. And, uh, and uh, the use of blockchain is going to be more and more common too. It's funny when people talk about how, you know, people are so quick to say, yo, NFTs, NFTs, they, 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 and crypto, they are so bad for the environment. It's like Facebook is bad for the environment. <laughs> Let's imagine their data centers, how much energy they are draining, you know? It's like, what, what, what do we, what do we compare it to, you know? 
what do we compare to when we say that you know and for sure there, there there's many ways to to improve you know how a lot of the bitcoins were being mined and you know how the, the ethereum is going to have a complete you know rework on, in terms of how uh, they are going to do uh, like no longer they're going to have proof of stake rights and uh, ethereum is going to have a complete revamp in terms of how it's being to is going to be minted and so forth and, and, and it's like in my mind you know as i'm talking about this i realize i know jack shit you know it's like why am i even talking about this i don't know anything so i think it's a, it's a good time to to stop when i begin to talk shit that's a good time to stop i never remember the time like like when people just kept money in in at home it's like yo fucking wait i'm not gonna keep money in the bank i'm gonna keep money in the bathroom we're gonna hide money under in the bed. That was hilarious. Good times. But yeah, I wanted to end on a note that um, I am going to begin to host uh, guests on The Voice of Imaro. I think people are tired of me talking, so I'm going to um, I'm going to invite guests, and um, the first guest we're going to have is Atlas. He confirmed with me today that on Tuesday at 4 o'clock uh, we're going to have Atlas. And that is Atlas Casts. The man who cast the World Finals last year. And um, we're going to have a chat. He is someone that I um, hold dearly. Every interaction I've had with him has been very pleasant. I like him a lot. He is an absolute treasure of a human being. And um, I'm going to get him in here. We're just going to have a chat. And we will see where it goes. So that's exciting. And then hopefully I'm going to ask a lot more people. I hope... Um, I hope uh, I'm thinking of uh, inviting Jizuke... Thinking of talking to Bwipo, maybe after he wins the finals. Uh, maybe we're going to ask to talk to Dominate, maybe Thorin, Kedro. Um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of people in mind. Just to have a conversation and uh, I would like to, to, to learn more about people. You know, life is so much more fun when you accept the fact that Every person out there knows something that you don't. Every person in the world knows something that you don't. They, are, they, they know something more about something that you don't. Maybe not babies. So babies are pretty, like, stupid. They probably don't know much. But you get my point, right? And if you begin to see it in that light, it's like, what can I learn 
that is new from this person. And then you, tr then you begin to really dig deep. You say, what, what, what is the piece, what, what is the knowledge I can extract from this human being? And that to me is what curiosity is. So I'm excited to extract some knowledge from, from Atlas. One of the best casters in the game. Then maybe we can talk to Captain Flowers. We can bring in some of the NA people. Kobe. Maybe Freak. You can talk to us, you know. We just have to press the right buttons. We can press the right buttons and just find... You know... Find what they're passionate about. You know? I am excited. Uh, I really love the chill vibe of the podcast when you talk and read almost everything. I'm afraid that's going to be lost with guests. We'll get separate personal podcasts and separate guest podcasts. Guests are super fans. Anyway, maybe. We'll just see. It's like this, this, this. I'm doing it as long as it's fun. And that's the main thing for me. So we're going to talk about Genshin Impact in the next episode. And uh, that's that. I'll catch you guys on the flip flop I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then maybe we'll play some solo queue. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Be right back.